y'all we'll turn to psalm 34 uh, wednesday night i just i didn't think i had it in me to I, it always works that way i was having myself down to read <clears throat> come on in all right psalm 34 i didn't think i had it in myself to read and uh and to lead singing and to preach i wasn't feeling good at all but I didn't know what was coming this week. <laughs> I ain't had a fever. Them Santa Anas, man, they wore me out. And I thought, why? I'm just coughing. I woke up at 4 o'clock this morning just hacking. Uh, can't catch my breath. And I thought, why am I so sick? And I thought, that's a good benefit for you. Most of the time when I get this way, it gets me out the way. And then I'll just tell you what the Lord says, and he'll bless it. It's good. And Brother Thomas called, texted me this morning. He said, I don't think I'll be able to make it. I'm sick. I said, I understand. I said, I'm pretty bad off too, but I hope the Lord let me preach. And uh, he called me. <laughs> we got to talk a little bit there. Uh, what if you had leprosy? You just going to quit going to church? What if you're sick? What if something was bad off? What if it was the last time you got to hear? What if it was the last time I got to preach? Might be. We'll make I got some lung issues, man. It's going to get worse as time goes on. Doctors done told me. This might be it. Might be the last time. If you was bad off sick, would you go to the grocery store? Well, why would you go to the grocery store? Well, I got to. I got to eat. <laughs> you got to be here, don't you? You got to eat, don't you? That's good. Psalm 34. We can cut it here. <laughs> we can edit that out. Or leave it out. Psalm 34. That you may see good. That you may see good. Let's read this together. Let's take our Bibles in our hands and let's see what God Almighty wrote for us to read. Here in Psalm 34, verse 1, David writes this. And this is after he let Spittle run down his beard and he faked being crazy and pretty, pretty, bashful, pretty shameful, isn't it? That shame, what won't a believer do? Mm. Psalm 34, Lord taught him something. Psalm 34, verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Who? Who's David talking about? I. My. Me. <laughs> what? What am I going to do? What's my going to do? Bless the Lord. When? At all times. A. Double L. I say that over and over and over again because I want to soak in. I don't care if you remember that I said it. I want you to remember that he said it. All times. A double L. I. What? Bless the Lord. When? All times. How? How are you going to do that? How am I going to do that? How's Dave going to do it? With my mouth. We're going to learn something about what comes out of our mouths here in a little bit. Better be careful. I'll set you up and knock you down. The Lord did, didn't it? I will bless the Lord all times. His praise shall continue to be in my mouth. That's personal. That's personal, isn't it? The Lord teaches us how to think. One, two, three, four, five. Y'all pay attention. The Lord teaches us how to think. He teaches us how to act in this world. I'm going to show you that here in a little bit too. His, his word shows us. 
this is instruction. This is a declaration. Well, that's nice, isn't it? Hey, let's let's go on back to cussing everybody underneath our breath we can find in this world. This is instructive, isn't it? He's going to show us why. Every trial that comes, pay attention to me, every trial that comes is an opportunity to praise the Lord with your mouth. To thank Him. To encourage those around us to thank Him. And that's going to raise some questions. It's going to raise, why, why are you, what's wrong with you? Why are you so happy? This is bad. Lord sent this. He loves me. I'm His. He's too good to do wrong. Well, what? where'd you learn that? Where I go to church. And then the power of God enters into somebody and they say, come here by the man. Not, this is my theological statement. I, do y'all read that bulletin? Do people read the bulletin? I have no desire for anyone in this church to go out in this community and tell what we believe and what we preach. I don't want you to do that. I want you to go out and tell who. Who we believe. What he's done. A person's done for us. That's my desire. Last week was bring reproach. What is it to bring reproach? If in any situation, any transaction at a grocery store, you get that? Anything that I do, if, I, if it's with the propane guy that comes to fill up my propane, at the end of anything, with any human on it, anybody, prostitutes or politicians, it don't make a difference. If I have come in contact with somebody, if at the end of that conversation, I say, won't you come to church with me? There's nothing in me or my mouth They'll say, you know what, I'd, man, if the rest of the people's like you, I ain't going down there. <laughs> Every trial is an opportunity for us to praise God with our mouths. Every one of them. Some of Caesar's house was saved through the preaching of a felon on house arrest. What did Paul say? Caesar's got me in jail. Oh, Nemo's got me down here. That's rough. No. <laughs> He said, Paul, comma, a prisoner of Christ, is what he told Philemon. Wasn't it? I'm God's prisoner. I'm in prison. Lord, the Lord inflicted my lungs today. And I want to preach this one first. I think they're both the message of the day, but if I can only preach one message, I want to preach this one first. One burns more than the other. We praise our Lord. We bless his name with our mouths. When? At all times. Why? Because we fear him. We honor him. We respect him. We honor the holy God of heaven and earth. We've come into this house and we've gathered in his name to worship him. We didn't come in here to go to church. We didn't come here to have a hymn service. We didn't come in here to, to have Bible studies and, and, and have deep conversations of theological design at the end of it. It's a bunch of garbage and it don't lead nowhere good. We came in here to worship the almighty God while we're here. That's it. Verse 11. Psalm 34, that's what we looked at last week. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. You young people remember. You remember what we talked about last week? What's fear? Respect, awe, reverence, adoration, and all that's based on his personal love to us, from him to us, what he's done for us. When we see that, we respect him. We're in awe. I stand in awe. I stand amazed at the presence of Jesus of Nazarene and wonder how you can save a wretch like me. A worm. How can we teach folks to honor and respect the Lord? Well, I can't. 
Okay. How can I put faith in someone? How can I make you believe what he says? I can't. I can't do that. I can't count on a number of times a week. I say something to somebody that's, well, I don't know about that. It ain't Kevin Thacker's idea. I'm telling you what God said. I can't make you believe it. Well, I know, but I can't put faith in someone. I can't put reverence in someone. Almighty God promised to meet us here this morning right now. I can't make that important to you. I can't, I can't make that way more than other things in this world. I can't make that way more than a soccer game. I can't make that way more than a swim meet. He can, can't he? There's something I can do, though. I can tell people. That's what I'm charged to do. Tell them. Tell them. The result's up to the Lord, isn't it? He said, go ye into all the world. He said, go. That's important to me this week. That's important to me right now. I'm going to say it. He said, go. Look them dead in the eye. One-on-one, in person. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. don't matter who it is. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. My pastor wrote an article. It's wonderful. I'm going to read the whole thing to you. I don't like reading articles from a pulpit. But I'm going to read the whole thing to you. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus and confess Christ in baptism, period. <laughs> That's a good article. It's ain't debate. It's ain't my, well, no, I think, I believe. Don't matter what you believe. That's what he says. That's a commandment, isn't it? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. That's what he said. I'd do it. <laughs> believe him. He told him Matthew 28, said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. That means make disciples. Preach to them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. He said, you, you go out and preach the gospel, and you baptize those that believe, and then teach them. Teach them some things. I firmly believe his word will not return unto him void. I wake up often, and I hear things, and I read things, and I see things, and I think, Lord, who's believed our report? What in the world am I doing here? Why am I here? Ain't nobody believe my report. I know it won't return to him void. You know how I know that? He said so. <laughs> I believe what he said. I know so. He must do the teaching. There in John 6, 44, he said, No man can come to me unless the Father draws him. And everyone that he draws, he'll teach every one of them. He'll teach them. He will. What's he going to teach them? To draw close to Christ. That's what he's going to teach them. <laughs> We're going to be taught to come, taught to fear. That's good. Solomon said that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. I know a lot of people love wisdom, but you ain't going to tell me nothing. Don't put your tune and tell me to do something. Well, a fool don't take instruction, does he? What's the fear of the Lord? I hope the children remember from last week. First, it's the Christ controls it all. Doesn't he? he made it all and he controls it all. Now, if I talk to the big folks... <laughs> We can swim a little bit deeper water, can't we? What is it to fear the Lord? First, it's to be fully persuaded that the Lord's sovereign and he's majestic in all things and we're completely weak in all things. He has all power and we have none. That's the first thing. Turn over to Daniel chapter 4. Daniel 4. We're going to hit the same points as last week. I'm kind of cheating. <laughs> but we're going to look at different scriptures. 
Daniel chapter 4. Old brother Nebuchadnezzar is about to learn something. Now, it took him a few years of eating grass and walking around on all fours to be taught this. There was some trouble that came. There was trials that came. That's the instrument of God's instruction to his children. His hardship and trial and suffering. To be fully convinced in soul, in mind, and heart of the Lord's power, of his majesty, of his wisdom, of his sovereignty, and to be totally convinced of our weakness and our inability. That's, if he does that, if he teaches that, we're going to have some fear. We're going to respect him. All right, be thankful for him. Daniel 4.34. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes into the heaven, and my understanding returned to me. He had knowledge, didn't he? Prophet come talk to him about these things. He gets it now. <laughs> he has understanding. Oh, ain't you thankful? Mine understanding returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation, and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. Well, now my grandpa always used to say, if it's against this word, it don't matter what grandpa used to say. He's nothing. My dad was nothing. I'm nothing. We're all nothing. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will an army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. That's every one of us. And none can stay his hand or send him. What doest thou? What are you doing? Oh, if we saw that, we've been taught something. That's better than speaking five languages. That's better than being able to do trigonometry. Do you understand that? God has to teach that. We can read it and nod up, down, and memorize it and write it on a piece of paper and hang it up over top of our walls. He's got to speak that to the heart. He's got to speak it to the heart. Second, see the holiness of the Lord of hosts and our filthiness. We've got to see his holiness and our filthiness. We've seen this. He's got to show us his power and our weakness. And now we've got to see this one that does all this is holy and we're, we're dirty. Turn over to Isaiah 6. Isaiah chapter 6. We learned last week, children did, that Christ controls it all and Christ paid it all. If a bad person bought you and was in total control, that would be bad, wouldn't it? If there was a, 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 a sovereign entity that controlled everything and that sovereign entity that controlled everything bought you and you're, it's, Purchase possession, and that was evil. You're in a world of hurt, and we're all in a world of hurt. Do you understand? That's bad. That's bad. This one of Israel, Christ, that paid it all, he's the holy one of Israel. He's holy, and outside of him, we ain't. Get that? He's holy. Outside of his holiness, we ain't got nothing to do with holiness. We don't know what that is. Isaiah 6, verse 1. Here's what the Lord taught Isaiah. Isaiah 6, 1. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw, the, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. And one cried unto the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth 
is full of his glory. What about them bad parts? What about them mean people? What about them politicians? <laughs> That's what you're worried about. What about Ukraine? God's glory is there. Isn't that? Isn't that for his glory? Them angels know something. We ought to pay attention. Verse 4, and the post of the door moved, shook at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, woe is me, I'm undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips. What's that mouth speak? Whatever's in the heart. What comes out the mouth is what's evidence of what's in the heart. Ain't that right? Isaiah said, woe is me, I'm undone. I'm unclean. I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. That's honor. That's reverence. This whole world ain't nothing. Let every man be, let every man be a liar. God's true, isn't it? God be true to every man a liar. I, I know that now. I didn't know that before. I thought there was some wisdom in people. God taught me something. For mine eyes. Why? How did he know that? How did he honor and reverence and fear out of his mouth with these words? For mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. God has to teach that. Fully persuaded of his power and my weakness. We know in part, Christ controls it all, don't we? Second, we're fully persuaded of his holiness and our sinfulness. And I'm thankful we only see our sin in part. Ain't you? Doesn't that make you happy? That you only know a little bit of how wicked you are on the inside? That's, a, that's, that's mercy, isn't it? He paid that. He paid it. And third is to experience. How are we gonna, what are we going to tell people <laughs> that the Lord's going to teach them? He's going to show his power and our weakness, his holiness, our sinfulness, and you're going to have to experience that, not just agree with it on a piece of paper. We're going to have to experience love, his love. We're going to have to experience his mercy. We're going to have to experience his goodness, his grace in Christ. What was the third point last week? Christ is all. Easy to say. Saying ain't going to do it. To live it. God's going to have to show us that. Make us put that in our bones. Give us a, a new heart that he's everything to Turn over to Philippians 3. Philippians chapter 3. Here is the experience. Here's what the mouth says out of the lips that's experienced Christ being all. Whenever his child experienced, he's all. This is the result of not just talking about our doctrine in the high ivory tower and negotiating and all that things, and, but living it. It's putting it in shoe leather. It's what, it's what it looks like. Philippians 3, verse 7. Paul just listed all the great things that the world says is good, and he's what tribe he's from, what they circumcised on. He did more than all of them, and, boy, he's just moving up the religious ranks, wasn't he? He was big in religion. Remember that church we used to go to? Here's what he says about that church he used to go to and that, that man he used to be. Verse 7. But what things were gained to me... <laughs> What I thought was gain, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things, 
and do count them but dung. It's manure. You get that? That I may win Christ and be found in him. Not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law. Isn't that plain? That's as plain as it can get. People read right over it, don't they? I don't want my own righteousness. I don't want my own holiness. I don't want my own sanctification. I don't want my own redemption. I don't want my own wisdom. Can you say that? Be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him. Do you want to know him? I know him. I want to know him more. I know that woman right there. I've known her a long time. I want to know her more. I want to continue to know her. I want to love her more. Don't you want to know him? I may know him and the power of his resurrection. I know he's all powerful. I don't like doing this often. I'm going to read you something. We'll look at it next week. I was fighting to try to look at it this week. David wrote this in Psalm 35. He said, draw out also thy spear and stop the way of them that persecute me. He said, defend me from my enemies. He says, say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. That's salvation. When God comes to your soul, it's going through your ears, but not just in your head and your heart. And he said, I am your salvation. You. Y'all tuned in to Brother Gabe's message last night. Kips and you, 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 you. E W E. That's a female sheep. <laughs> you speak to my soul that you're my salvation. Do you want to hear that? Or do you want to hear about some historical facts of whenever the children of Israel Israel walked through? I don't care what valley that was. Speak to my soul. <laughs> That'll be nice to learn later, but I need to hear salvation in my heart today. I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings and be made conformable to his death if by any means, I don't care what it is, I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. What's that mean? I don't care what takes place. I want to be with him at the end. I'm going to run the race. Whatever he's put in front of me, I'll do it if all got. Give it all you got. Uh, that's fine. I want to be with him at the end. You? Have you been taught to fear the Lord? Have you been taught who he is, what he did? Not just the idea, but you've, you've experienced that. Christ saved sinners. I'm a sinner and he saved me. Eric Lutter's got that article in the book. That's a good one. That's a good one. Back in our text, verse 12. <laughs> Psalm 34, verse 12. Verse 11 says, Come, you children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Verse 12 says, What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? This could be referring to the future. That's been... A bunch of old fellas have wrote that down in the book somewhere. This is desiring that eternal life, many days, everlasting life, and that life's good, isn't it? We desire those things. But this is talking about this life too. This, this is talking about 2023. You understand that? A good life, a happy life, not just to exist, that's not life, 
And a long life's not necessarily a good life, is it? Sometimes it's a bad thing to have a many days. That's miserable. Many days doesn't mean good days. Old writer said one time, some that live the longest live the least. And I thought physically, my body's beat up. I got some aches and pains and scars, and uh, I'm an inch shorter than I used to be, two inches shorter than I used to be. My spine's compressing. I creak when I get up and pop and crack, and I earned it. I got some scars, and they come come through a lot of trials and, and good experiences, too. The length of life doesn't matter as much as how it's lived. But what person desireth, that means you want a good life and happy days. Right now, don't you want a good life? Don't you want happy days? Do you want contentment? Anybody? North, south? You want to have a good life? I've been charged to not only teach people how to die. I'm in that business. You're going to meet God. Everybody alive, everybody in San Diego County, everybody in this world throughout time, you're going to die and you're going to meet a holy God and it's my job to tell you about it. It's my job to prepare you to die and it's also my job to tell you how to live. Not that I get any business, you know what I mean. Not that I'm, I'm you know, you ought to not drive a, that brand of car. No, hogwash. Uh, I ought to be a good example of how to walk through this life as somebody that believes God, Right? I tell you, I say, put all your hope and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Bow to him. Now, you've got 63 years left on this earth. What are you going to do? Sit in a hole somewhere? <laughs> Hide in a closet? No, we've got to live this life, don't we? Just as I cannot do the teaching of being in Christ, the Lord must do that. He's got to teach you the necessity of being in Christ. And he must teach you how to live and how to think and how to act, and me included. I can't tell y'all anything unless I've lived it. I can't tell you about Judas being scared, saying, Master, is it I? Unless I'm the one that's terrified, saying, Lord, is it I? I have to go through that so I can tell you. How do I do it? I can't teach you these things, so God does. You want to learn something? Has he done all that? If, if we respect him, if we fear him, you want to be taught by him. I want him to teach me. Do you want to be taught? Or are we fools and we like the wisdom, but we don't want instruction? Verse 13 and 14, the Lord teaches us this. You want to have a happy life, desire the life, and love many days, and see good? You want to see good? Here's how to do it. Keep thy tongue from evil. That's how you make enemies. That's how you make enemies. Your tongue's evil. You say bad things, isn't it? You say mean things. That's how you hurt people with our tongue, saying mean things. You can't have a happy and good life while you're tearing people to pieces. And James talks about that too, doesn't he? He speaks about the tongue. He says it's like a little tiny rudder on a big old boat. He can turn that whole boat, can't it? We can do a whole lot of what comes out of our lips. And remember what verse 1 was? Do we praise God in every situation? This is an opportunity, prime opportunity, to show somebody forgiveness and long-suffering and love and what God's done for me. Well, if my tongue's evil, I can't do that, can I? I'm popping off at the mouth. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Guile is deceit, lies. You want to be happy and live a long, good life? Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Don't be deceitful. Speak kindly to people and of people. Speak kindly to people and speak kindly of people. We've heard that our whole life. If you ain't got something nice to say, don't say it. 
Don't say anything at all, right? That's good instruction. Paul put it this way. Walk in wisdom towards them that are without. Those people God ain't saved yet, walk in wisdom with them. Redeeming the time. You only got a little bit of time with them. Better make good of it. Let your speech be always with grace. Seasoned with salt. Season our speech, what comes out of our mouth with grace. If we know anything of it. Or murmuring and moving. Oh, I just hate it. I got to do this. Hey, <laughs> God done nothing good for you. Ain't he on his throne? Ain't he got all power? He's bought it all. And let that come out your mouth. That's good. That you may know how you ought to answer every man. Go teach these things so you'll learn and then you'll act on it and you'll know how to answer everybody. What do I do in this situation? Uh, to tell them what good things God's done for you. He's on his throne. <laughs> he's, he's holy. He loved the people. I've lived it. Right? You get pulled over, get you a ticket. I was wrong. Thank you, sir. Call my officer. Be polite. <laughs> Give me your license, okay? Don't fight him. Show me your insurance card. It says, depart from evil, verse 14. Depart from evil things, yes, and depart from evil people. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, he said, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. That's walking in darkness. That's sleeping. And he goes on and says, awake to righteousness and sin not. Depart from evil things. You can't have a happy and good life walking with evil people. You just can't do it. You can't worship now, we have to live in this world, but there were, that's just so. Uh, we deal with people in this world, or we're married to people in this world, or we have children in this world, or whatever it is. That's so. But we don't intentionally go sit down with people that don't worship God. I don't, me, me and somebody that doesn't believe in a holy, uh, sovereign God, I can't have no fellowship with them. I can't. We ain't in the same ship. I say it all the time, don't I? You ain't my brother. We got different daddies. <laughs> I'm sorry. Your God ain't God. God of the Bible's God. That's who we're going to worship. It says, depart from evil. Laban, we'll see that next hour, Lord willing, 31. Laban had them idols. Rachel stole them. One poor old writer, he just missed the mark. He said she was trying to help her daddy out and, and get rid of them idols. No, she wouldn't. She was getting her emergency fund laid up for later in case things went south. She grew up out of worshiping country, too. You can't worship God and idols at the same time. Can't happen. It might take a lifetime to get rid of them grave clothes and knock that old talk of religion off. Uh, but you can't do both. Paul told that Thessalonica, I know you're God's elect. You put away your idols. You turn from them. You leave it alone, don't you? Depart from evil and do good. Do good. Do righteousness. Remember five years ago when we started in 1 John? Believe Christ and love you, brethren. Believe Christ and love you, brethren. Believe Christ and love you, brethren. Believe him. That's doing righteousness. Looking to him for all things. That's doing righteousness. How does that come to pass in our lives? Reach out. Nobody's called me. Well, call somebody. That phone, you can hit send, same as you can hit receive, can't you? You can send a text, same as you can get one. Reach out. Encourage those around you. Be of good cheer. I, I made I made somebody mad, real mad one time for this. You want to be you want a bunch of friends, be friendly. 
now Kevin, that's just your opinion. Now Kevin's got a lot of different opinions, man. I tell you. Now, now he just he thinks a lot about this, and he just now he just that's that's his opinion. That's his view. It really, <clears throat> a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Proverbs eighteen twenty four. <laughs> well, you reckon I learned? I'll just tell you what he said. And there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Oh, I don't want to be friendly. You want Christ to be friendly with you? Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. The Lord said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Now, do you think children of God ain't going to be people? There's going to be times we don't want to be, right? We still have an old flesh with us. But there's a new man that seeks peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Seek peace, and it says, and pursue it. Don't talk about doing it. I said, man, I just really hope. I'm just wishing that there'd be peace. Pursue it. Pursue it. Now, Kevin, how can you be telling people to do stuff like that? Your preaching works. No, I ain't neither. God pursued you and made peace with you, didn't he? He called that love. And they said, how he's loved us, love others. How's everybody going to know that you're my children? Because you have love going to another. Not if you've got your doctrine in a row or if you listen to the right preachers and, uh, or how much you go to church. No, if you have love one towards another. Love. He's got to teach us how to love. It's foreign to us. We don't know. He's got to teach us. How in the world can I be brought to keep my tongue? How in the world can I not speak evil and do good? How can I truly seek peace and pursue it against those that despitefully use me? What motivation could I have? As NCOs in the Army had given purpose, direction, and motivation. <laughs> That's what you're going to do. That's purpose. Direction, look to him. What's the motivation? Verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. The Lord's watching. That's a two-edged sword. God looks on the heart. And that's the other side of the sword. He knows your heart. He gave it to you. <laughs> His eyes on the righteous. His ears are open to their cry. He hears you when you cry. He's, he's, he controls every bit of this. He sent those to curse you. Pray for them. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil. To cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. He'll handle it. Do you know how that mighty angel come down to take Moses' body? Satan came in. And he said, I'm taking the body. And he didn't say, you're rebuked or let's fist fight it in the parking lot. He said, the Lord rebuke you. That's wisdom, isn't it? That's a smart angel. The Lord is against them that do evil. To cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. And the righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of their troubles. <laughs> what made you cry? Trouble. Who'd you cry to? The Lord. Who sent the trouble? The Lord sent the trouble so you cry. I wouldn't cry if I did. Me and my pastor was talking last night. The reason I think, and he said the same thing in other ones, I think the Lord made me a, a pastor because I'm the least likely to read the scripture. I'm the least likely to pray. I'm the least likely to, to, to pick up the phone, reach out, talk to somebody, or to write somebody a letter. I'm the least likely out of all mankind to do that. And so he made me. <laughs> he made me. The righteous cry, the Lord heareth. He delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord's nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. 
you ever just been crushed and your heart's broken? Good. <laughs> the Lord's near. He's near. And saveth them, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, and not one of them's broken. I broke my little toe on my right foot, my big toe on my right foot, and I cracked the bone on my right leg. I've had some broke bones. You ever broke a bone? He ain't talking about this body. Is it? His, his body eternal. We speak to those dry bones, and he assembles them, and he puts flesh on them, and he breathes life into them. That's his church eternal. It's his body. And he ain't going to lose a one of them. You ain't going to be broken. Evil shall slay the wicked. They'll, they're going to do that by themselves. <laughs> and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust him shall be desolate. What's the fear? What goes with fear in that respect and awe and reverence and adoration and all that? Uh, trusting too, don't we? We have to be taught to trust. I have to be taught to trust. Do you? When he teaches that, we'll never be desolate. We'll never be desolate. He's right. We'll remember again those simple things that we tell little children. Well, the Lord made everything. Christ made everything. Christ controls everything. He's on his phone. He's holy. We ain't. There's a way that seems right to me. That ain't right. Now, he said it. You can believe it. Children, obey your parents. That's the first commandment of promise. It don't matter that Paul said it, that I say it, or somebody else, Don Fortner said it. No, it matters God says it. That's what matters. Isn't it? He's got to teach us these things. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, teach us, teach your children to honor and reverence and respect the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, allow us to see who he is and what he's done and make us experience it. Not just stand on the outside of that city of refuge, Lord. Put us in that city. Set us by the warm fire and light. Make us worship. Give us that new heart that desires to and praise God and give Christ all the glory. And teach us, Lord. Allow us to have these things, our, our pure minds stirred up throughout the day in the trials that you send. We can be happy children of the King. Lord, you may call out our brethren we don't yet know. Don't let us be in the way. Keep me from being a reproach to your glorious gospel. Forgive me for what I am. It's in Christ's name that we ask it. Amen. All right. Wait a minute.